bless you. We're glad you're here. Hope everybody's doing good. You guys having a good week so far? Anybody applying the word of God to your life, to your situations, to the things that you're walking through? Anybody having any breakthrough this week? If you're having breakthrough, if you're having some things happening to you, I encourage you to tell them to somebody. There's power in your testimony. The Lord's doing things in your life to help you continue to overcome. Amen? There's power in your testimony. We overcome Satan. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We have got to take the word of God and apply it to our life. We've got to apply how the word applies to us now. And when we apply it and when we throw, when we give Satan the word of God, he has to flee. He's telling somebody today, because, because you're going through something hard, it doesn't mean um, it's wrong. It doesn't mean you've missed God. Sometimes things are just hard. Anybody agree? Sometimes things are just hard. I can be in the will of God and have a hard fight in front of me. Look at, look at Paul, not me, look at the Apostle Paul. So because it's hard doesn't mean you've missed it, doesn't mean God's not with you. God is with you. Um, Blake, I can't seem to get going here, so if you'll start it up for me, I'll, I'll use my old remote. There we go. We've been talking about meeting the conditions, and I'm hoping tonight that we're going to end the, the conditions part. I'm going to try to hustle. Um, I encourage you on Wednesday nights, uh, if you haven't noticed, we tend to go deeper in worship. We tend to go deeper in the Word. I encourage you, go with us. We're coming here to, be, to have an encounter with God and to be changed by God and to come in here in the middle of the week and get fueled up with the Word of God and with the praises of His people with the praises of God and his presence and to help us get through the rest of the week. And I encourage you, go, go with us. If you're not used to raising your hands, try raising your hands. If you're not used to clapping or shouting, try clapping or shouting. Do something to release a little bit of faith in you, to a little bit of reaction to say, God, I don't care who's around me. I don't care who's looking. I am going to give my all to you tonight. How many knows that when you go that extra step, you get out of your comfort zone, so many times breakthrough comes to you in worship right where you are. God sees the heart. God sees the heart. We've been looking at how God desires to provide. He desires to provide. And Scripture shows us that riches, along with power and wisdom and honor and glory and strength and blessing, are by eternal right. They belong by eternal right to Jesus. And we have seen that we are co-heirs with Christ. That what Christ did for us on the cross, he did so that we would not have to pay the price that we deserved. He paid the price so that we would gain his benefit, which was per he was perfect without sin. That's what we're able to grab hold of. And it says, it says that Jesus totally exhausted the curse. And part of that curse is poverty. We are not under a poverty curse. The Lord became that curse for us so that we would not have to endure it. He took the curse. 
And it says so far that we might receive the blessing of Abraham. And we've read all this in the last three or four weeks in the Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. And what was the, what was the blessing of Abraham? Genesis 24 uh, verse 1 says, Abraham said, it says that Abraham was blessed in all things. Say all things. Have, have, have we gotten so intense in worship that we're, we're still kind of in the spirit? That's good. I like that. But I'm ready to I'm ready to get some word. I'm ready to preach. Amen. All right, Steve, I got you. We've been looking at these conditions. You remember, if then, if my people, if you will follow me and follow my word and hear my word and walk it out, then you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. God is an if, if, if you will ask, you will receive. If you knock, I will open. If. If then Justin is so funny, Justin Grant back here, my faithful sound guy for, from years and years ago, he called me and texted me, said, do you want to go to lunch? And I didn't get back to him until 1130. It was late. I said, I'm ready. And Justin said, if you had texted me soon enough, then I would have been able to go. <laughs> You know what? He's he's catching on. And he's witty. He's smart. He catches it quick. And you know what? He's right. If I'd have texted him sooner, he would have gone. <laughs> All right. What were the conditions? We've been look, we've looked at a couple of them so far. Number one was our motives and our attitudes must be right. We've got to get our heart right. We've got to get right with the Lord. The second condition we saw last week was faith is essential. We cannot please God without faith. It takes faith. What's it going to take to please God? It takes the word of God in you coming out of you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And faith without works is dead. We've got to be doing out of faith. Somebody say amen. I'm just going to help you. We've already seen that the abund- that abundance is a part abundance is a part of the provision made for us by the grace of God and like every provision of grace it can be received only by faith. We were, we we were saved by grace through faith. So, let's start with the new stuff tonight. Number 3. Honor. Everybody say honor. Honor with your finances. A third condition for receiving God's abundance is that we honor both God and men when we give. Romans 13 verse 7 tells us, Render therefore all their due and give honor to where honor is due. One important way to render honor is by giving of our substance. Scripture shows us four ways, four different ways in which we should render honor. How do we give honor? By our giving, we honor God himself. That one, in my opinion, is a pretty easy one to catch. By obeying God, we honor him. You know, when your children obey you, they honor you. Right? When we give, the Lord knows how tough it is. He even said, this is the one thing you can test me on because I know it's going to be hard for you. Honor me with it and see that I won't do it. What, are you, what is it saying when we give? It's saying, God, I really believe you're going to do something in my life. I'm trusting you. 
I don't have two nickels to rub together, but here it is anyway. I trust you. What is that? That's faith and that's honor. I see your word and I'm going to honor you by obeying you. It says in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, and I use this in, in the offering sometimes. Honor the Lord with your possessions or your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. We are supposed to give, we're required to give to God his portion, <coughs> the first fruits. Why? Because if you wait for the last fruits, num- number one, they're going to be rotten. They're going to be the bruised ones. They're going to be the ones you didn't want anyway. God doesn't want that. And it doesn't take faith to give out of what you got left over. It takes faith to give out of what, you, what you've got right away and let, let the Lord make the ends meet. It's not, God, I'm going to let the ends meet and then maybe I'll give. That's, that's an absence of faith. God, I'm going to give out of the first fruits. And again, we, we, can't, we left last week and it felt like I was teaching on tithing. I'm not. We're teaching on the abundance of God. But what is first fruits? I will tell you, it's the gross. You get paid the gross. Everything comes out. Anybody, does everybody know what I mean by gross? Not gross. That's gross. But the gross, not the net, the gross. The gross is what you get paid. It's what the government sees that you get paid. It's what you pay taxes on. The gross. Give the first fruits right off the top. Don't give yourself a chance to miss a blessing. Did you catch that? Don't position yourself to miss the blessing. When you get when you when you first get your paycheck, you know what? You got the money to give. When you don't, you've just missed your chance at God interacting with you and your money. Pastor, this is this is pulling at my no, 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 no. Who who wants to be blessed in their finances? We're we're here tonight because we believe. It's like what I'm preaching on Sunday mornings about applying the word of God. Apply the word of God to your stuff and you'll overcome. If you don't, we're going to be here again and again, moping around, man, nothing's going right. I can't do nothing right. Shut up. Speak the word of God. You know what? Speaking it when you don't see it and when you don't feel it is faith. Pastor, I don't see it and feel it. Well, then speak it. You are primed. Have you ever primed a lawnmower or a weed eater? It is ready to be pulled. That thing, whatever it's called, is ready to be pulled. It's got the fuel in it. You know what? You've got it in you. You don't feel like it, but somebody pull the pulley. You know what? That's kind of what a pastor does. I'm trying to, I'm trying to prime you and that's when you start speaking the word. Can you see fire? The fuel gets put on the spark plugs and all of a sudden the motor starts turning and it starts working. The kingdom of God starts coming alive in your life. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Woo! Somebody, somebody do something. Somebody wrote a book. It says do something. I thought they, they stole that from me. 
Sure they didn't. But that's always been my expression, isn't it, Weaver? Why don't you do something? You know, blessing comes out of doing something. Lazy man doesn't eat. man that eats is the man that does something. The Lord's chopped full of all little good nuggets tonight. Honor the Lord with your first fruits. We're required to give out of the first fruits. If we do this, He has promised to bless and prosper that what we have we have retained for ourselves. To put God consistently first in the allocation of our finances is one way that we give Him honor. How else do we give honor in our giving? By our giving, we honor our parents. Let's take a look at this. It says uh, in Ephesians 6, chapter, chapter 6, verse 2, Paul reminds us that this is the first commandment with the promise. Look what it says. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long upon the earth. The commandment to honor our parents carries financial obligations with it. In Matthew 15, the Pharisees are criticizing Jesus for not keeping the traditions of the elders. And Jesus, in turn, accuses them of keeping the traditions of elders but breaking the commandments of God. And let's look at one example right here from Matthew chapter 15. It says, For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say... Whoever says to his father and mother, whatever profit, profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Verse 6. Then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Can you see this? That we can, we can, we can cause scripture to not have effect on our life the way that we handle ourselves. Does anybody see that? Your tradition has caused this commandment to have no effect. It doesn't say the commandment has no effect. It says what you are doing is making it have no effect. Are y'all with me? No? Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. We are to honor our parents by giving them out of our substance. If, our, if they are in financial need and it is in our power to help them and we fail to do so, then we are not giving them honor which is their due. Out of long experience and in counseling and in uh, praying for deliverance, you know what? People that do not honor their parents, it does not go well with them. It's a commandment. But finally, actually not finally, third, we honor our giving, by our giving, we honor God's servants. Let's take a look at this one. Acts 27 and 28, we read how Paul and his company escaped from a shipwreck in the island of uh, Malta. And then Paul begins to minister to the sick on the island and many of them began to be healed. And when it came time for Paul and his party to leave, it says the writer says that those who had been ministered to had been honored, they had honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things that were necessary. That's Acts 28, verse 10. 
And by supplying their financial and material needs of Paul and his party, these islanders rendered them honor where honor was due. And then finally, fourth, we honor by our giving, we honor the elders. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Clearly, the honor that Paul has in mind here is financial and material. The more faithful the elders are in their duties, the more careful we must be to see that they are rewarded in a way that expresses true honor. Now, I'm starting to sweat bullets up here because here I am talking about elders and getting paid. Our church, our church and our deacons, uh, the, our structure, they, they financially take care of the staff very well. I'm not here trying to say anything. I think they are very honoring uh, in, in our processes here. But this is one way that we give honor is by honoring those that minister to you, those, those godly men and women that, that minister to you. We see that by showing honor in giving in four directions to God, our parents, God's servants who ministered our needs, and the elders who govern the church, it's significant that it says, that we often use the expression, it says, to pay honor. If the honor that we give to God costs us nothing, then it's not really honor. It's not really honor. Let's move on. The fourth condition is right thinking, speaking, and acting. Condition to God's abundance, right thinking, speaking, and acting. Let's put the emphasis just for a second on thinking. You know what? It's impossible to think wrong and live right. It's impossible to think wrong and live right. The same way, if you think right, it's, it will inevitably cause you to live right. Look at the instructions that God gives to Joshua when he's leading his people into the inheritance. It says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Who's making the way? You will make your way. Can you catch this? When we follow the word of God, we are making our way prosperous. We're, we're, we're not doing it. Well, we are doing it. We're doing what God says. But what it's saying is that when we do what God says, the kingdom of God comes and blesses you. Even this scripture right here puts it back into, into our responsibility. Do y'all, do y'all catch that? And then you will have good success. You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. In my opinion, this is the most complete promise of prosperity and success that a person could ever wish to receive. 
Man, it is really raining. What are the requirements here to receive it? Meditate in the law of the Lord. But what else does it say? It says that it shall not depart from your mouth. What does that mean? It means we're speaking it. We've got to speak it. Obey the law of the Lord. What we think, what we say, what we do determines what we experience it. Let's say it like this. We've got to think, speak, and act God's word. Psalm 1 shows us an even more uh, embracing promise. In the, passage, uh, in the passage in Joshua, the promise is spoken to one man. But look what it says in Psalm chapter 1. I think it covers us all. It doesn't, it's not restricted to any person. Blessed is the man who, not, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Read the last five words that it says there. Whatever he does shall prosper. There's no room for failure in this scripture. Everything, if we fulfill what it says, every man will succeed. What are the conditions for that success? There are three negatives and two positives. The negative conditions, what are those? Those are things that we should not do, are stated in verse 1. We must not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, I want you to catch something tonight. It's progressively slowing down. Walk, stand, sit. You see that we're, we're, we're kind of moving forward, we're walking, then we're standing, then we're sitting. If we begin to walk in the way of the ungodly, then we will stand with the ungodly. Then we'll sit with the ungodly. Or we'll inhabit, or we'll stay. At all costs, we've got to avoid this progression, this evil progression of walking to standing to sitting. But so many times there are Christians who regularly accept the counsel of the ungodly in so many areas of their life, and they wonder why they don't prosper. They're violating a primary negative requirement. We must not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, you don't just take advice from anybody. You need discernment. You need to weigh it with the word of God. But now, after these three negatives come two positives. First, 
The successful man delights in the law. Second, he meditates on it day and night. You know, if I could if I could pick out one prescription in scripture that is absolutely centered on prosperity, it would be proper proper meditation. Meditation's not a bad word. Satan has corrupted it. Meditation's good. What is meditation? It gives the picture of a cow chewing the cud. Chewing on it. Thinking about it. Chewing on it some more. Thinking about it. Have you ever got one of those scriptures? I'm sure I've given you one tonight that you're going to go home and chew on. Chew on that. Let's chew on that a little bit more. I was reading a book called The Bait of Satan by John Bevere, and he brought up a, a, a topic that I didn't agree with him on, and I almost threw the book away. Then my mom, my mom had given me a, a word of wisdom years ago. She didn't tell me during this book, but she just said, eat the meat and spit out the bones. Finish the book and process it in your head. And the things that you aren't quite ready to grab hold of, set aside for a little while. Maybe come back and chew on them again. And I have. I've chewed on that subject over and over and over. And that's meditating on God's Word. You read something, we take it to the Word of God. I didn't give up. I would have, I would have missed a blessing by giving up on that book. That book is about bitterness and unforgiveness in the church. We would think that wouldn't happen in the church, wouldn't we? The church is a place of forgiveness and, and healing. Shoot. Bitterness and unforgiveness. Meditates on it day and night. You know, I, I've told you in my own testimony that the thing that has changed my life is reading the Bible daily. Well, it, it explains it. I didn't know that that, that that was the key to the Lord blessing me, but regardless, it did. I didn't have to know that the blessing of me reading his word was I was going to be blessed by it, but I was. I found that out later. Psalm 1 told me. Old Testament says, hanging around your neck. Walk with it coming and going when you're eating, when you're walking, when you're, when you're not walking. T tell it to your kids. Get it in them. I loved it tonight. Uh, Annie, if you're still in here, um, my kids were going over their Bible drill verses in the back seat and laughing about it. Annie had made up a, a goofy rap, and they were laughing at each other about it. But it was the Word of God, and Pete remembered it. Reed and Reed goes, how did you remember that, Annie's rap? Hallelujah. Hide that deep in her, her their heart, that when they need it, it would be there. What fills and occupies our mind will determine our experience. So looking at these five conditions, the Bible says, did you see this? These five conditions, the negative and the positive. Whatever he does. Whatever he does. If I fulfill Psalm 1 through three, whatever I do is supposed to prosper. Can we not take the word of God and expect him to fulfill his part if we fulfill our part? 
That's trust. That's honor. That's faith. Almost done. Read on them. Meditate until they become a part of you. It becomes natural for you to act according to the word. Finally, number five, we're going to close with this one. How to honor God. How do we, uh, what are the conditions? Let God add. The fifth condition, let God add his way and his time. Don't grab for the abundance. Let God add it. This should be the same in our finances as it is in agriculture. You go out and you plant the seed. You're not out there messing with it. Wondering what's happened. You know what? It's going to come up. You know it's going to come up. You plant the seed. You usually know about so far along the way it's going to come up. But there's this little boy, this little uh, 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 six-year-old boy that went out and and planted uh, potato plants, put seed in the ground and planted potatoes. And he got frustrated after two or three weeks because they... Huh? Potatoes. Sorry, potato seed? I can't get anything right. Anyway. When I'm planted, well, if a potato, a potato's got to be a seed, right? Huh? I don't know. It's a story about potatoes. I don't, I wasn't there. <laughs> planted potatoes. And after about three or four weeks, he decided, where are my potatoes? Went and dug them up. They weren't growing. So he planted them again, dug them up again, planted them again. Dug him up again. Whatever happened? Nothing. It never grew. It never grew. We are like that so many times. We plant our potatoes and then we dig them up to see if they're growing. The essence of faith is that we let God bring the increase. We meet the conditions, but God fulfills the promise. Look at this, Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. I love that. Overtake. We don't have to run after the blessing. It'll run after us. I can, I can go to bed at night and wonder what blessing might have caught up with me in my sleep. It's looking for me. Here I am. It's looking for me. I don't even have to wave my hand. Stay in the word. Walk uprightly. Fear the Lord. Look at, look at Matthew 6, Everybody knows this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Catch this. We don't seek the things. We seek the kingdom. And God adds all the things. Our problem is we're reversed. We want the things. We want the things. So what are the conditions? You remember the first one. Our motives and our actions, our attitudes got to be right. We've got to exercise faith. We've got to honor God, our parents and our ministers and our spiritual leaders. We've got to practice right thinking, acting, talking. We've got to let God add. And when we meet these conditions, it says that his blessing will find us and overtake us. Now I think if we were to sum this whole thing up, We have got to get in the word and walk it out. And there is nothing wrong with letting God know, God, your word says this, and I'm still coming up short. Show me where I'm falling short. But Lord, meet my need. Meet my need. 
God is an abundant God. Now, when we start next week, I'm, gonna, or I'm almost done with this whole big thing on God's abundance. We've been here for probably six, seven weeks. We're going to look at what is the purpose. What is the purpose of God's abundance? You know, right now we're talking about the blood of Jesus and his blessing. You know, I believe these two things go hand in hand. God's provision and his blessing, what God did for us, what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and how he desires to bless us. I encourage you. I encourage you. Take your Bible with you to work. Write a couple scriptures down and and speak them out. Speak them out through the day. You got a couple that are on your heart right now. Take them around with you and speak them out loud. I am the righteousness of Christ. I may be dealing with sin so bad, but Lord, you've given me the power over sin. In the name of Jesus, Satan, flee. I submit to you, God. If you'll submit to God and resist the devil, he'll flee. I so desire for breakthrough in your life. I so desire the Lord to bless you in so many ways. I encourage you, get out here and get after it. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us. Help us to trust you enough to apply your word, to apply your principles. Father, I just ask you just to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Realize that we are the ones that need to change. Lord, I desire you to bless us. Lord, that you would bless us indeed and enlarge our territory, that your hand would be upon us and that you would keep our heart from evil. Lord, let us not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Lord, let us meditate on your word and speak it out of our mouth. Walk out your word, Lord. Lord, I ask that you be faithful to your word and that you meet our needs. And you bless us beyond anything that we could ever believe. Just praise your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great rest of the week.